On February 23, 1968, Russian submarine K-129 set sail from its base in the Northwest Pacific for an extended patrol. A month later, it simply disappears somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. On board are three nuclear missiles. Despite extensive searching, the Russians could not find their sub. The Americans, however, did know where it was. They also knew it was chock full of Cold War secrets, code books, and their nuclear missile technology. So, they decided to go get it. This mission's code name was Project Azorian. Hello and welcome to the Portside Report, a weekly update for Mariners. I'm Brian Klein. This is a new segment on the Portside Report called Points of Interest, where I shine a little light on some things that make life on San Francisco Bay fascinating. What ensued in Project Azorian was one of the most audacious, top-secret programs the U.S. had ever undertaken, the largest since the Manhattan Project, and they were going to do it right under the noses of the Russians. It was not going to be easy, however. The CIA knew that K-129 was located under 17,000 feet of water, more than three miles below the surface, and would weigh several million pounds. The technology needed to accomplish this task simply did not exist. So the CIA enlisted the help of eccentric billionaire Howard Hughes to build a top-secret ship large enough to hide a Russian submarine inside. They also built what looked like a giant submersible airplane hangar, intended for building and transporting a technology the world had never seen completely out of sight. The ship had the cover name the Hughes Glomar Explorer, and the submersible hangar was called the Hughes Mining Barge, or HMB-1. Together, these became the greatest ocean engineering achievement of the 20th century. Now, I don't want to spoil the ending of this story, but I strongly recommend you find and watch the documentary entitled Project Azorian, The Raising of the K-129. It can be found at various places online. However, if you spent much time in San Francisco Bay, you've probably been in close contact with the modern-day legacy of Project Azorian. After being acquired by the U.S. Navy for the development of a top-secret stealth ship, the HMB-1 is now on prominent display in the Oakland Estuary, where it is in service as a floating dry dock for Bay Ship and Yacht in Alameda. So the next time you're passing down the Oakland Channel and see that unassuming, massive, gray hangar-looking structure with the Bay Ship and Yacht logo on the side, know that it was born of one of the biggest, most complex, and secretive missions this country has ever undertaken. All right, and on to the local notice to Mariners. This edition is going to be excerpted from the District 11 Local Notice to Mariners, week 11 of 2019. I did skip last week. And it's restricted to San Francisco's North Central and South Bays. However, this is not a complete nor official reading, so information that might be important for your ability to safely navigate the waters of San Francisco Bay may be omitted. Refer to the complete local notice to Mariners for further information. All right, first up, I'll run through the items that are new for this week's local notice to Mariners. And we'll start with from VTS, the Coast Guard Sector San Francisco Vessel Traffic Service will be completing a switch to an updated version of the Ports and Waterways Safety System on March uh, 25th and 26th, 2019. So you can expect up to a 12-hour downtime when VTS services will be limited. Mariners are encouraged to visit the NAVSEN webpage for more information. And for more details or comments, uh, contact Mr. Bob Blomerth at 415-399-7405. 
since that one kind of affects uh, most of us out there, I'm leaving in the phone number and the details on that. For most of the rest of these, I will, as I have been doing, kind of limit the details and kind of just let you know that there's an item in here relating to a certain area. And uh, if you need to know more information about that, you just pull up the local notice to Mariners and check it out. All right, moving into section two, the discrepancies list. Uh, new this week is a federal aid that's been corrected, which is the Raccoon Strait Lighted Buoy number four. It was both uh, reported and corrected this week. It's now watching properly. All right, section seven, the general section. At the Petaluma River Bridge, I know we often have updates about the Black Point Railroad Drawbridge, but this is a new update. All the navigation lights on the drawbridge are now extinguished. Estimated time repair is unknown. For more details, contact the Coast Guard Bridge Office. All right. And the Petaluma River Bridge at California Route 37 Highway Bridge, Caltrans will be conducting dive ops at various piers from 0800 to 1530, March 19th and 20th. There'll be some dive vessels on scene, and there might be some divers' umbilical hoses at or near the surface. So if you navigate in the area of California Route 37 Highway Bridge at the Petaluma River, go to the uh, local notice to Mariners this week and get your details for that area. All right, Golden Gate Bridge, hydrographic surveying and acoustic imaging operations will be conducted March 18th and 18th through the 29th, utilizing two survey vessels, which will be crossing the waterway back and forth between the uh, North and South Tower piers. Uh, this is also sort of a general uh, navigation area that affects a lot of people. So there'll be uh, San Francisco, or I'm sorry, San Francisco, Survey Vessel Pulse and Survey Vessel 505, which are 24 feet and 33 feet respectively. Um, they'll be monitoring, they'll be on scene and monitoring channel 16, and they might occasionally tie up to the South Tower and obviously transit with caution. Okay, geophysical survey going on. The, USC, the USGS Pacific Coastal and Marine Science Center will be conducting geophysical surveys in San Francisco Bay, first through the 5th of April. The operations will be using a pole-mounted echo sounder to complete a high-resolution swath bathymetric survey. Research vessel Park Snavely will be monitoring channel 13 and 16. Mariners are requested to transit the area with caution. And um, yeah, if you want more information on that, there's a phone number in here look it up what else we got okay that's it for the the new items and now we're rolling into the uh repeats the, the what have i been calling these holdovers carryovers the carryovers from previous weeks so first up from section one special notices you can submit information for publication in the local notice to mariners you can find a complete set of guidelines with examples and contact information just go to pacificarea.uscg.mil search for lnm you'll get all the information you need right there. Next item is uh, talking about um, any bridge-related issues, including lighting, operation, obstructions, construction, demolition, etc. Contact the 11th Coast Guard District Bridge Administrator. Next item, the uh, Union Pacific Railroad Bridge at Coquina Strait. All mariners requiring a lift at the Benicia Martinez Union Pacific Railroad Bridge over the Carquinez Strait should follow the protocol in the document entitled Coordination of Communication for Union Pacific Railroad Lift Operations. And you can go to pacificarea.uscg.mil slash VTSSF. That's a tricky one. Victor Tango, CRCR Foxtrot, uh, and you'll, you'll find all the information you need there. Next item is the always present caution to be, caution to be used in reliance upon aids to navigation. And in summary, this is a long one, but in summary, the aids to navigation that are on the chart, especially buoys, move around a little bit. 
So be careful if you're passing close by. They may drift. It depends on the currents, on the sea state, on the length of the chain. And also the buoys may be extinguished or sound signals may not function as a result of natural causes, collisions, or other accidents. So don't rely too strongly on floating aids to navigation. Instead, use bearings from fixed objects and aids to navigation that are onshore. All right, next item is the Marine Safety Information Bulletin. And this one deals with the high intensity work lights on the decks of commercial fishing vessels and how they prevent other vessel operators from seeing the commercial fishing vessels navigation lights at night in low visibility conditions. It's a clear and present threat to navigation when one vessel cannot see the navigation lights of another vessel. This is a violation of International Navigation Rule 20 and vessels found in violation may be subject to $6,500 fine. So uh, any vessels operating in or near San Francisco Bay are strongly encouraged to comply with the navigational rules as they pertain to the navigation lights and also maintain an active listening watch on channels 13 and 16. All right, into section two, the discrepancies, mostly all lights and aids to navigation. Oakland Outer Harbor lights seven and nine remain structurally damaged and missing respectively. Redwood Creedy, Redwood Creedy, I always do that. Redwood Creek Entrance light number two and light number 13 are both structurally damaged, temporarily replaced with lighted buoys, as are the Oakland Outer Harbor lights seven and nine, temporarily replaced with lighted buoys. The Berkeley Breakwater light number one is missing its day mark. I believe the light is still functional, it's just the day mark is gone. And now federal laser have been uh, corrected. Oops, I already got that one. That was the raccoon straight lighted buoy number four. Okay, discrepancies private aids. Uh, Richard, Richardson Bay, Day Beacon 9, structurally damaged. San Francisco, Oakland Bay Bridge, Pier A, fog signal is inoperable. Bay Farm Island Light 1 and 3, lights are extinguished. Southampton Shoal Outfall, lighted buoy 1, lights extinguished. Raycore is inoperable. And the San Rafael Rock Quarry Mooring Buoy C is missing. From Section 7, the general section, um, there's the reminder about the NOAA electronic navigational charts. Basically, Switch over to the ENC, the electronic navigation charts, as opposed to the raster navigation charts, RNCs, and paper charts. The information on the ENCs will be updated more frequently and will be more accurate. So start switching over to that. You can go to nauticalcharts.noaa.gov for more information. All right, at the Corridor Madera Creek Bridge, Bonaire Road Bridge replacement is uh, still being replaced, I guess. They've got some work trestles there, and uh, you got 20 feet of horizontal clearance, 3 feet of vertical clearance. So... Not a lot of people are going to be passing through there, regardless. Okay, Mare Island Straits, dredge ops at the Mare Island Shipyard, dry dock number three, from the 20th of March until the 30th of April. So, dredge operations, Mare Island Shipyard. All right, I guess at the Golden Gate Bridge, they still have the 54-foot temporary underdeck platforms that are starting at the towers and moving inward towards the middle span of the bridge, and that reduces the vertical clearance somewhat. So, if you've got a vessel that's... Anywhere near the top of the bridge, uh, or comes within 14 feet of the, t of the bottom of the bridge, rather, refer to this local notice to Mariners and uh, get your shit together. All right, China Basin Bridge, 3rd Street Drawbridge, will be secured in the closed navigation position for rehabilitation. Scaffolding is installed underneath the length of the draw span and will be marked by steady burning red lights at night. Great. If you need more information about that area, refer to local notice to Mariners. The deteriorating concrete pilings above and below the waterline uh, near the south, head, south edge of Southampton Shoal are still there as of uh, first reported. Local notice the Mariners mid-2015. And shoaling has been reported on the south side of the Oakland Inner Harbor Channel. That's also from early 2015. Passage through the Fruitvale Ave Bridge. So shoaling generally. But there's been a lot of dredging in there uh, towards the end of last year, I think, and 
So maybe that's been rectified and they just haven't updated here. Shoaling's also been reported east of Petaluma River entrance channel Daybegin 3. It's been reported to be as shallow as 6 inches up to 15 yards east of the aid. Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District will be conducting hydrographic survey operations in the vicinity of the Golden Gate Bridge from the 18th through the 23rd of March and the 24th through the 29th of March. Couldn't they have just said the 18th through the 29th of March? Uh, that'll be Pulse and uh, 505 will be on scene there. Uh, we saw the AIS improper transmission going on at Lighted Whistle Booby number 2 in the San Francisco Bay Ship Channel. It's transmitting an improper signal. Still been unable to disestablish the seasonal sound signal for the San Pablo Bay Channel Light number 15 in accordance with their published operational timelines due to the protection of some nesting osprey in the area. At San Leandro Bay Bridge, Bay Farm Island Highway Bridge, I'm sorry, it's not San Leandro Bay Bridge. It is a bridge in the San Leandro Bay area, which would be Bay Farm Island Highway Bridge. The south side lower slot on the fender system is missing. And uh, in San Pablo Bay, Transbay Cable LLC has got a uh, charted submarine cable that experiences intermittent exposures. And also, let's see, there are submerged obstructions still in that same area, if I'm not mistaken, which would be submerged piles partially exposed above the sediment surface south of Pinal Shoal Channel along the 30-foot contour. And I think we're getting down here to the end. Yep, we're a bit down into all the Southern California stuff. So that is it for the Local Nose to Mariners update. Next up is your nautical word of the week. And I shouldn't stereotype or encourage a stereotype, but I'll say in honor of the upcoming St. Patrick's Day, this week's nautical word of the week is, let's just call it nautical term of the week, is three sheets in the wind or three sheets to the wind. The definition Merriam-Webster gives for this is drunk. Three sheets in the wind or three sheets to the wind goes back to the early 19th century. The first known use in print is in British writer Pierce Egan's book, Real Life in London from 1821. Quote, Old waxen bristles is about three sheets in the wind. The sheets in this expression are not bedcloths, as you might have guessed, but neither are they sails. The sheets are ropes or chains that are attached to the lower corner of a ship's sails and used to extend or shorten the sails. If you were on a three-sailed vessel and all three sheets were loose in the wind, the boat would wallow around uncontrollably, much like a staggering drunk. Old-time sailors would say that someone only slightly tipsy was one sheet in the wind, while a rip-roaring drunk was three sheets in the wind. There you go, the origin of three sheets in the wind. If there's something you would like to be included in this weekly podcast, from happenings on the bay to weather forecasts to continuing to broaden the scope, I would like to hear from you. Just send me an email at ahoy at portsidereport.com. So this has been another Portside Report. Please subscribe, leave me a review in your podcasting shop of choice, and listen next week for the latest latest local information and other marine-related trivia like Project Azorian. Until then, fair winds following seas to you all.